What was that? Oh, this is Richard Solomon. Take care of this. I bet you I shocked everybody. Normally you hear a different intro. Now, believe it or not, you're listening to the debut FM airplay of a song first recorded in 1964. So this is another episode of The Boys from the Garage. I guess we call this The Boys from the Garage yet again. And we're at the studios at WCWB in Brooklyn, New York. And we have with us Freddie. Dominic, John, and Reed, welcome to the show. I hope the garage has been good to you. <laughs> so we're just gonna. So let's. I'm gonna play this very, very low in the background. Freddie, this is your song. You cut this in, in the right, 1960s. Rich. Yeah. Well, let's see. In 1964. It's a very funny. Well, it's a great story. I thought it was a highlight of uh, in my life at the time. I was. Uh, Working in a fish store that was uh, actually it was uh, my wife's father's store. With they had partners, and my father-in-law contracted uh, cancer, so I uh, went in and I uh, decided that I was going to help out. And I was working, and then I got to know everybody, and uh, I had. Did some singing with another group a long time ago. and But, you know, you get to the time where it says, oh, I didn't uh, make it, so I'm going to move on to other things. And uh, what happened was I was working one day. Now I was about 25 years old. And this uh, young fella comes down, and uh, his mother was a, a customer of ours. And uh, she comes in. He says, "He comes in. He says, uh, Freddie, I heard you sing. I heard you 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 were a singer." I said, "Yeah." He says, "I had a group. Yeah." Said, um, "Well, this is the problem." He said, "We have a, an original song, and uh, we went and we auditioned, and they liked the song, but they didn't like our lead singer. So I was wondering if you would care to join the group." I'm looking at him, I'm saying, ah, I'm 25, they're 16. This is like, you know, a winter and s- summer kind of thing. I says, sure, okay, let me hear the song. So uh, we got together, we rehearsed it, and then we went into the city and we auditioned. So, uh, so of course, I was a little nervous, but we did it, and uh, they liked us. Now, the... The producers of the song was a group called The Tokens, the ones that made The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Uh, they had gotten to be, uh, outside of singing, they got to be producing. They produced uh, the chiffons. and So I said, so they set up a, a studio time, and they played the instruments behind, and uh, we did the song. Everything was like great. Everybody loved it. We did another side. And what happened was everything was good. It was was assigned to uh, United Artists Records. But as sometimes something happens, which it did, the Beatles came in. And ruined everything. (laughs) And the Beatles changed the difference of the way the music was. It used to be a lot of doo-wop and every, you know, rather than blues, and the Beatles came out and they did the English sound. So the record was ready to go, but they put the kibosh on it. And that is my story. I could have been a contender. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> if you were just like, like six months earlier. <laughs> a month, two months, I would have had it. Right. So I'd did, be interviewing you, Rich. So, so what did Mick and Keith say when you left the band? <laughs> They're still in the did band. They, did they still? I guess they did okay. <laughs> they did. They did it. All right. They so, wanted a different. They wanted a different. Uh, so, when, different so let, let's just talk about mechanics. That 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 song was cut on a vinyl record or some a master tape yes. and then put on vinyl yes, and then put on a vinyl. It was put on a forty-five at the time. We all know what the forty-five was, right? And uh, 
yeah, I was uh, ready to go, ready to be released, ready to be brought well, out. Well, if if it if it's any sweet revenge, you were played on FM today. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little long in the making, you but look hey, a little different you know than Murray it, Cato. You know what I mean? A little bit know, like Alan Freed, but you know what can I tell you? But but the thing is, you actually got FM airplay for the song. That's right. So you know, so call for your royalty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, tokens, are you listening to that? <laughs> so you know, so so you never know. So uh, what what's old is new. Vinyl's coming back. So That's right. maybe maybe it's now is now it's your shot. Thank you. We hope we'll keep our fingers crossed. Maybe somebody will hear that and say, "Wow, let's do that again." So so basically, if 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 you've caught our show with Dennis McNamara or Denny Lane or or the people from the BBC, and you're you're out there and you're looking for new undiscovered older talent <laughs> from the 60s that's old and new at the same time, just contact us at the radio station and we'll be sure to hook you up. All right. So that's, that's your great story. Yes, that is. All right. That's so so as, as the people who listen to the show probably know that The Boys from the Garage is basically about great stories. So I'm going to ask our next contender, uh, John. First of all, you're new, to the, you're new to me in the garage group. Yes. So... T- tell well, me, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, no, Brooklyn. What part? Fulton Street, between Hopkinson Avenue and, and Atlantic Avenue. Uh, I went to Catholic school. We used to walk to school about almost a mile just to get there. In the snow, in, in the rain. snow, in the rain, backwards, whatever you want to call it. But we have fun. Uh, after school, we used to walk. Uh, my mother used to be uh, piecemeal for clothing, and we used to walk to her. Shop, and we sit on a stoop and um, wait for her to come out or start our homework. And she'd come out and we walk home, start supper. Of course, we had macaroni every day. Uh, my mother made her own spaghetti and uh, made her own meatballs. And we used to put raisins. She used to put raisins in the meatball, which is like a Sicilian type of uh, food. And um, we loved it. We loved it. I have... Uh, uh, three children, six grandchildren, and one great child, granddaughter coming on the way. And my wife, uh, matter of fact, we're, we're going to be uh, married 54 years tomorrow, uh, which is over 19,000 days, okay? So you look at it, 19,000, uh, the rain, the storm, the sleet, the hurricanes, whatever, okay? Good times, bad times, but we always had fun. We went to high school together. Uh, we loved each other. And we still love each other. Was very, she's very nice, very good, good person. Is she going to be listening to the show? <laughs> I hope so. We need, we need as much audience as you can get. Absolutely. Remember, we're shameless in promotion and in our outreach. <laughs> and a, a little, a little side note: my my wife's great aunt was canonized a saint last year in in, in uh, uh, June fifth in Rome. Can I say Mazel Tov? Mazel Tov. <laughs> yeah. Actually, with, with the with the Pope Pope Francis, there was one hundred fifty thousand people in in the square, St. Peter's Square, and um, she was a convert from Sweden, and uh, she did great things in this country, a couple of miracles. What's and her name? Saint? Mother Maria Elizabeth Hesselblad, H E S S E L B L A D, which is a Swedish, and she came here uh, from Sweden. Because she wouldn't want to, she doesn't want to cook anymore for her brothers and sisters. Because, because they moved around, they had no money. They moved around from place to place to, just to get by. So uh, she became an au pair, which is uh, you know takes care of kids in the UN, and she ended up with the Peruvian consulate. And uh, she was used to get sick all the time, and uh, she always ended up at the hospital. But when she felt better, she used to help out the nun, the, the nurses, do their rounds. So they said one day. You know, why don't you become a nurse because, you know, you're good at this. So she became the head nurse at Roosevelt Hospital in sure. New York. Mm. And um, one of her miracles that she performed, that she was in the morgue one night, and she heard something from the crypt, like noise. And she's looking around like, w- w- what is that? So she pulls that slab out, and there's a guy. He's already tagged. He's breathing. So he puts she puts she puts the the the, the, the body on the gurney and she laid on top of him to keep the heat in. Oh yeah, oh, to yeah. keep so he so she, he can live. And so that was one of the miracles he he she had. And uh, we went to Rome 
uh, for our 25th anniversary. She was dead in 1957. But those nuns are so attached to that Bogata nunnery. She she started the, the Bogata nuns during the Renaissance, after the Renaissance because Martin Luther came in and cleared everybody out. All the, all the Catholics are gone. So they made them all no, Lutheran. So I can go on and on about that story, you know, but I want to, you know. I want to hear your story. My story. What's your, I, great, what's your great story? I, I love coming down to Mike Panico's house, 10 o'clock in the morning, sitting around with coffee and telling stories from our past, you know, and what we're going to do in the future. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We so, had a lot of fun. So lay a story on me right now, that one that you just recently retold. Well, right. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a story. My brother was 11, I'm 7. Uh, my my brother wanted to take me to Ebbets Field to see the Dodgers, okay? So we get on the subway, we go to Ebbets Field, we sit down, game's over. He goes one way, I go another way, and now I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. And, of course, the cops, they don't help you. Hey, kid, get out of there. What are you doing down there? So finally, my brother calls my father, and my, and my brother says, I can't find John. He's lost. This is what he says. Don't come home without him. Okay? It's like the American Express. Company. American Express. <laughs> so finally, I walked out of one of the gates. I don't know which way I was. And I could hear my brother, Johnny, over here, over here. So it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That was one of my main stories. And then another time, we were in Brooklyn. And uh, uh, we lived right around the corner from PS 178, which... Uh, a little school, and he used to play stickball and had a bell tower up there. So we used to run up the stairs, gather up all the Spalding balls, mm. the red ones, right? Mm-hmm. The pinkies. Pink. The pinkies. And then we heard footsteps coming up the, the other side of the the, uh, the balcony. We ran down, because I knew down well that we were going to get our heads beat in. We ran downstairs. We ran to on Fulton Street, run up one of the buildings, Hopefully that the roof hatch was open. Get into on the roof, right? And you know, there's a space between buildings, like two, three feet, mm. for maintenance people. Mm. So my brother's, you know, he's tall. So he leans over the roof. He says, "Johnny, jump!" What the hell am I doing here, jumping? I hear the kids behind me. So I make a, a leap. He grabs me by my hands. He pulls me in, bang up against the wall, right? Pulls me up. Make a mad dash towards another rooftop, hoping that it was open, down the stairs and home. With the cameras rolling for the action yeah, scene? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of, that's my doing. That's my, that's my story. So I want to know if they still put the raisins in the meatballs. I'm still hung up on that. You know, my, my kids hate that. My kids don't like that. I enjoy it. My wife likes it. Yeah, you put like raisins in the meatballs. No, you put a whole bunch. Well, because the raisins give flavor to it. I, I've never heard of it. I, and it's I, a it, saying. It's a saying. No, I, I, I actually went to Forlini's where I actually went into the back and cooked up with the guys. You know, <laughs> they've been around for 60 years. And they gave me all their, like, little recipes. Yeah. I didn't see a raisin there. No, right. <laughs> Not one. If I, if I can bring back my aunt, she'll tell you. Because <laughs> I've never heard of that. Now, just, just out of curiosity, for any of the people here in our studio, did anyone else have raisins in their meatballs? I didn't. I did. Oh, so let me hear Dominic. Yeah, well, I, I uh, no, I mean, it's. I think it's in certain regions of Italy they do put uh, raisins in the meatballs. I think in uh, maybe Sicily or in the Sicily, south. That, yeah. In Sicily, it's pretty. I think it's pretty common. Right, um, but I never saw it here though. Not, no, not in any restaurant no. or any. Even when I went to people's houses and their grandmas were right. making the sauce, you know, and everything yeah. homemade, I never saw the raisins. It's actually before. very good. It's, Is it? It's really good. Yeah. Maybe if you go to Carroll Garden, you'll find. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to have, we'll have to do a field trip. Yeah, yeah, sounds, yeah, sounds great. Sounds good. Okay. Now Liz is not on mic, but maybe that's an assignment. She's our producer. <laughs> <laughs> She's the producer for this series here. A lot of good memories. A lot of All good right. memories. A lot of fun. All right, Reed. Hi, how are you? All right, are you another Brooklyn guy? Yes, I am. Ah, am I the only guy from Queens? <laughs> I'm from Queens. Okay, what part of Queens? Astoria. All right. All right. <laughs> Love and the I'm food from there. Corona. The, 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 my Corona. That's a different song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's your what's your story? Well, I I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Right. Um, my. You go. We have oh. four minutes. I'm just oh, giving you, oh, that's but okay. in case people can't see. That's the little um, sneaky cue that tells you how much time we got in the segment. So we're three um, minutes in the segment. Real 
I mean, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. My wife and I uh, were actually born in the same hospital three days apart. Were you were you like roommates back then, or I guess probably yeah. yeah. Then the big you know the big yeah. the holding pad. <laughs> yeah, she um, she's my best friend, and um, we're married thirty five years. Um, coming in the eight, 2018, we just passed uh, 34 years in September. Did you count and, the thousands of days like he did? <laughs> uh, and uh, I have two wonderful children, two grandchildren, terrific son-in-law, and uh, really nice uh, family. All right, where uh, do you live now? Um, I live next to the boys from the garage, right next door to Mike Panico and the crew. All right. So my question is, do you, do you bring Brooklyn to Suffolk County? Um, unfortunately, <laughs> from time to time, yes. So who does the catering? <laughs> do you get like the Pasquals or anything like that? Yeah, you know, like- well, it was funny. When I first started looking, we were living in um, the Marriott because our place wasn't ready yet. And the first thing Mike said was, you know, living here is like living on Mulberry Street. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I you know, I eat there and... You know, I uh, I'm familiar with that. I'm okay, and it just he's just a really great neighbor, and he started this thing, and it, it's pretty cool to see the you know the when they have the construction, the coffee truck rolls up and brings them coffee. Do, do you know that and, they fill the water with like a garden hose? Well, I just just for information, that's just why I, I was just <laughs> sitting in the kitchen one day with my wife and. Was sitting there, and you see this coffee truck roll up and like delivers coffee to his stoop or something. When he was like, we still call it a stoop. Where uh, I used to play stoop ball, so I know these yeah. things. And my wife still says she goes out on the stoop. <laughs> now, yeah. I happen to love coffee trucks, but you know, it's it's certainly you know. Um, let's put it this way: I know that none of us died from getting uh, drinking water from the hose. Yeah, but that's where the water comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and my, I'm not exactly sure how they clean the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> now, so if that truck's been rolling over the roadways for 10 years, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that I would really want to drink the bottom part of the water. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it, it's just great the way they, those guys get together. and you hear, I mean, I'm the baby, so to hear those stories, it's fascinating. All right. What we're going to do is take a quick break. This is Richard Solomon. I have Freddie, Dominic, John, and Reed. And Liz, our producer. And we'll be right back. Keep it locked in. Hi, this is Rory Cosgrove, and you're listening to Rich Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. All right, Richard Solomon, welcome back. This is our show called The Boys from the Garage, and we call this episode yet again. Okay, so we have some new boys, and we're currently talking to, in our entire studio, we have... Freddie, Dominic, John, and Reed, and we have Liz, our famous producer here, and it's all cool, and we're all having a great time. But uh, we're telling stories, so you know this is like this is like story hour, you know. Uh, now Reed was uh, going to tell some of his stories. Now you, you didn't have meatballs and raisins, did you? Um, only by a friend's house. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I just remember being in Brooklyn for the first part of my life. We lived in Brownsville, in the projects, and I don't know if it was that my brother was ten years older than me or what. I didn't get out much. <laughs> but uh, the best thing that ever happened to me was um, my mother and father decided to move to Canarsie, Brooklyn. And I met friends that I'm still friends with today. All Italian. I'm Jewish. And all Italian. Um, the best guys in the world. So you had the best of both worlds in terms of food. Yes. You had like brisket and like gravy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And no one ever stole my bike. <laughs> but uh, the best story I remember, and I, I kind of went back and forth, and it kind of puts everything in place, was um, on Fridays after school, you would meet up at the park, and then you would decide what to do that night. And you couldn't, you had to be there. You just couldn't miss it. And, you know, the first, last person was... You couldn't be the last person, so you like. Get it was there. like a Twitter outrage or something. Or? No, no, no. There, there was no phones. There was no Twitters. I, I know that nobody was allowed to take pictures. <laughs> um, and what one night I, I met my my friend, who's actually a dear friend. He, he was my best man, and we're there. And um, he was Italian. He is Italian, 
and uh, we were just talking, hanging out, and somebody from another family, without getting into details, his cousin was over, and they didn't like each other, the families. It was a thing. The, so the he, Monta, with the Montagues and the Capulets? Some, <laughs> not, not quite. But um, basically, uh, I was very sheltered, even living in the projects, you know, and it was... I really, I went to school, I came home, I went to Brownsville Boys Club when I was younger and, you know, uh, public school, and then I came here and I entered um, middle school. They didn't call it that then. It was junior high school. Junior high school. There you go. And Hey, I'm old enough to know these things. And what happens, (laughs) the reason why I was grouped in with these guys is at that time they had the eighth grade where you skip it, so I skipped Mm. it. So now I'm, you know, with them, but I'm really young, you know, I'm younger than them. And I fit in. We, we, we got along great. So I'm walking with him, and I see I've never been around you know, guns or anything like that. And I see this guy from the second floor. There were two family houses, and he's pointing a gun, yelling at him, my friend. So I'm like, you know, you got to call the cops. You know, you can't. So he goes, no, just walk with me. He's not going to do anything. I said, like, really? And now he's got his arm around me, and he's a big guy, and I can't get away from him. And I'm like... Is this, this is the crazy. UV shield thing? You gotta, you gotta like, what are you gonna push me in front of? You know, like, so he's no, 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 just take a walk and he'll go in his house, don't worry about it. So we walk over and at that time they had the pay phones. So they take the pay phone, he goes, you know, calls and I hear him, he's talking to his father. And like within minutes, the whole street, it's a one way street in Canarsie, it was, uh, 82nd Street is all cars mm. lined up, about yeah. 11 cars. No, really. And, like, if I had one of those cars today, I could mm. put a kid through college. <laughs> you know, there were the, the cat, you know, Caddies, Lincolns, and they were all classic. Pink, pink Cadillac? <laughs> no, it wasn't pink. <laughs> and I go, you, you know, you, you can't do this. You know, this is crazy. You know, your, your father's going to get in trouble. And, you know, I didn't know. I was, you know, I knew, but I, you know what I mean? I was never around that. And he, I go, you know, the cops are going to come. You, you know, you should have called the cops and, you know, and you didn't have to keep anyone out of it. He says, don't worry about it. The guy ringing the bell's a cop. There you go. <laughs> so, I guess that's better than the PBA card. But it, it just, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the moral of it cool. is um, my son is actually a Nassau policeman now. And um, the moral of it is, is everybody then, best thing I got out of Brooklyn was everybody knew their side. They knew what side of the... The tracks? Everybody respected everybody. Whether it was your color, whether you were Spanish, you know, uh, white, whatever, Jewish, Italian. You know, everybody respected, knew their place, and respected the law. Those guys existed, and they did their thing. But it was, in my opinion, a lot better world when everybody knew their place and respected everything. And I wouldn't give up that childhood for anything. It was like the best... Thing my parents could ed, best gift education wise they could have gave me was going you know and living there. All right. So who else? Who else has got stories? Uh, ah, here we go. I, that, I see, yeah, I see I, somebody's. You know, I, I just let's backtrack a little bit. I have to understand what this garage is, where it is, and uh, what actually happens. You know what it. a garage. Well, I know. No, I know no, what he a garage wants is. to be the voice of the people listening. Going, yeah, right. What are they I'm talking about? The garage. <laughs> So, Especially because the last Garage episode was a while ago. So, like, yeah. what are they, so that's a great lead-in. What is, well, yeah, Freddie, what is it? Exactly. It's men getting together. Talking to the mic. Exchanging ideas. Ideas. And they You know, they do, that, they do that at big corporations, too. Exchanging yeah, <laughs> ideas. A bunch yeah, of businessmen. Yeah, we, we vote on something, and if you're out of water, they, we'll tell you. I, I'll give, I mean, the best way to describe the guys from right. the garage is they have elections for the board when they're okay and the mike right when they were having an election recently he goes to me this one's gonna win but it's gonna be close by like one or two votes and this was like days before and was there a slew of money coming in at the <laughs> last no, minute no 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 going to a garage with a bunch of italians and jews i'd no, be no. afraid i don't yeah. think i'd come out alive <laughs> no no it's 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 my wife either that or bring no. a fork right. no. exactly bring a fork my, you know, my wife has said it is, um they're like having six uncles right next door to you right okay. that just like you know care for you and they i mean when, before we moved in our house was being built 
and my wife changed the way the deck was going to be. And all of a sudden, I'm at work, and, and Mike would call me and say, your door is swinging the wrong way. He goes, don't worry, we'll, we'll get it switched for you. You know, you got to call this one. And, right. You know, it was just, right. you so, know. So basically what you miss is the camaraderie and yeah. the cohesiveness of a, of right. a community that you just felt part of a larger thing than just yourself and maybe your immediate family. Right. Well, that that is really just lost everywhere because, you know, I, I was never in the military, but I went to military school, and I know how, you know, I've been on aircraft carriers, and I've been with, uh, you know, uh, Marines and, and, and Navy personnel, and they're like a big family, you know, to exactly. each other. But right. outside of that, you know, even even like work is not really like that anymore. No. Where, you know, mm-hmm. you like when you watch like say like WKRP in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. they were like you know all those shows were like dysfunctional yeah. families, but they still like the Adams family. They were they were like a kooky family, but they still like loved each other. You know, the right. thing about Gomez Adams is yeah. just love Tish Tish Cadamia. <laughs> you know, Tish. right? But oh, that's Sherry. that's kind of gone because we've we've gotten to a place I think where it's all about just sort of individuals and. Individual gratification. You have a phone, does everything you want. So, you know, in the old days, you went to the movie theater and you watched it as a group. Now you stream something and you just watch whatever you want. And this way you don't have to, like, compromise and watch right. something that, like, if, if all of us had a vote right now on a movie, I don't know that we'd actually have a consensus. But if we all whipped out our phones and we just decided to watch something, we'd all be happy. But that's, that's what happened is that. Even though it's it's great for us, I think as a collective we lose something by not having shared experiences and and you know I common mean, common maybe you know John stuff. would know. Do you know when it was started? The garage. I just remember. You know, it's 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 funny because uh, even before boys from the garage, men from the garage got together, we were just good friends. The people who got involved. And Mike Panico was the guy that says, well, you know, come down to my garage, I'll put a pot of coffee on, and we'll just uh, kibitza. we just uh, talk about whatever. And that's how it started. So everybody that walks by in the street, they're gonna, they, they point and look, says, oh, these are guys from the garage. And they just like, we became like uh, heroes, whatever. But we talk about anything and everything. By the way, for those listening, autographs are only on Thursdays between 1 and 2 after lunch. <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, first moving in there, um, Mike and his wife um, said, you know, you guys are young, and as the community fills up, you're going to find people that are more your age, but until then, you'll be with us. So they had house parties, barbecues, and they included us. And I used to be there, and like, they would have a party from 6 to midnight, and then they'd start reminiscing and putting old movies on the TV, and I'd be on the couch sleeping, and my wife would be like, what are you doing? I was like, I can't keep up with these guys. These guys are like, oh, it's just so fascinating to hear them talk. And, it, you know, listen, they're all role models. They're married a long time. They're great guys. I mean, Freddie, Freddie's my guy, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it's just amazing. Because I would go, if there was a time when I only worked a couple of days a week, and I was home on, like, a Monday... I would go, and I could see Liz and Freddie walking down the street and know that they were going to come in and say hello, and then you talk, and they just they just talk about anything. It's just She's our only female that comes in. Yes. <laughs> That's why she's producing. That's why she's producing. <laughs> Mike doesn't let his wife come in, I don't think. But I've no. never seen her. No. That, that's Maybe more, and the woman of the house doesn't even come out to the garage. No. There's that, no way. That, that, that she makes, she that, makes the coffee. coffee. That's that, it. That, that, that sounds like the He-Man Woman Eaters Club from <laughs> yeah, the Rascals. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's just, they're, they're really great guys. Um, I used to play cards with them a lot, and then I just, you know, I, I had other things going on, so I didn't want to... If you want to know a card shark, <laughs> no, that's this bad. is the guy. This guy could play cards... Go on his iPad yeah. and continue playing and win almost every hand. Like, how does this guy do this? Has he been banned for card counting in the garage? No, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> well, well like pretty much. I, I think Carmine, who I think was here the last time, mm. he wants to take me to Vegas with him and you know go it's for the World lucky. Series of Poker. <laughs> right, so, oh, it's I, not luck. I mean, if it's just what what it was was you weren't playing a lot. You were in Florida and like the guys, like some of the guys they would bring in. You know, they would. You know, I worked a whole day, and, you know, one guy would be, what did you say, and they can't hear, and the other guy would be, like, <laughs> falling asleep, and then he'd forget who he had to deal the cards to. 
and I and I said to Mike, I said, you know, I, I love you guys, but I'm really not having fun. <laughs> he said, but you win every week. I said, it's not the point. And we had a joke with Carmine. If Carmine missed it or whatever, I would go to his house and say, you owe me $20 because <laughs> you didn't show up. You know, it was a fun game, but it was they're, they're just great guys. And uh, as a matter of fact, this Monday I'm off. So I'm hoping to visit the garage. <laughs> okay, good. Right. So forward. is there a season? Let me ask you a series of lightning round questions. Okay. All right. Is there a season for the garage? Does it the, yes, the garage yes. open and close? No. Yes. When no. is, is that a seasonal when thing? When Mike Panico no. says so. But it's usually when it starts getting cold. When they, when they turn the fountain off. Okay, there you yeah, go. <laughs> because that, then it's too cold. You know what Mike does? If, if you start walking down to, towards his, ha- his condo, if the garage door is open... We're having a meeting. The garage door is closed. No meeting. I call it a conference. And my wife laughs at me. I'm going to the conference. Uh, yeah, right. You're full of beans. You know, all, you do, all you do is talk about a bunch of nothing. No, we respect each other. You know, we, we, even though we're strangers, we just love each other. Well, after we want five, to be perfect yeah. strangers. Yeah. <laughs> now, the, after five years, they're not really strangers. It's <laughs> the album by uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Yeah, it's just every time I see that coffee truck pull up, it's just... Don't drink the water. <laughs> you know, he, he you know, he has his but they boil it. it sure. It's just... <laughs> I'm not worried about that. I'm worried let, about let, the water. Let me, they say let me ask the oh, guy this is from the mountains. Let, let, <laughs> let me ask the guy who actually knows a little bit about food from television. Would That's you drink it. would you drink the water? <laughs> you know, you don't know what you're drinking these days. Uh, if you believe everything you read, um, I uh, yeah, I drink it. You know, if I was thirsty, I would. I'd take a shot. Why not? I know, but if you're also in the middle of the ocean for nine days, you, know, you drink the seawater too. <laughs> uh, I'll drink anything. Oh. So, so look, get some good stories from Astoria. You know, there's I mean, great food. My there. time was a uh, you know, I'm a '70s kid, so um, yeah. growing and I grew up in Queens. Obviously, what part of Queens? Just a story. But what Astoria. part? Like what area? Um, I grew up on 37th Street, okay, and uh, 24th Avenue. So, oh, um, wow. yeah, I mean, I loved it. You know, growing up in Queens, I, I miss it. I um, I go back often, but um, for the food, you know, love I the mean, food. It was predominantly Italian and Greek. Uh, some Irish. I mean, it was just it was a great place to grow up, a great melting pot. But um, you know, I, I just as a kid, I remember like uh, my fondest memory is like getting to see the film King. They filmed the scene from the King Kong movie in '76 with uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, um, Jessica Lang. Yeah, it was a scene they shot by the L. And they brought out, they, <laughs> they only had King Kong's hand, you know? <laughs> so they brought it out, and it was like the coolest thing to see. And like, move this hand, and they had these fake trains. Oh, wow. It was a scene where the trains came off the track, and they fell off the L, and uh, Jeff Bridges was riding his motorcycle, and he had a stuntman. It was like the coolest thing. And uh, I just, you know, that was one, it was a great time for me that day because I got to hang out with my sisters and all my friends. It was a big deal, and we were looking forward to it. You know, it's just watching, I have a young son now, and kids with phones now they get to see this stuff on youtube you know it's just you know they're texting it to each other but back then it was like a planning it out you know rumors were going around they were filming it was just like it was something you just look look forward to and uh you know it was just a, something that wasn't uh, was spontaneous like these kids what these kids have today so i i remember uh growing up in queens the uh, arnold schwarzenegger did a movie in my neighborhood and I remember they would film from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Mm. and I forget, I think it was the one where um, he, I think it was the one he did with Vanessa Williams, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, I, I forgot the name. Williams. Oh, no, no, no Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Williams. Right. And I remember yeah, the big was, thing is that they yeah, built yeah. a house to blow it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, I remember that scene. Right. Yeah. So what was interesting is I actually got a, a close-up of Arnold. as he, he, It was really funny. He brought like a, a, you know, a, a semi-trailer. Right. And it was a gym in there. Yeah. So in between scenes, he's like working out. He's pumping iron. He's, right. you know, he's doing like the Cybex type machines or whatever it was. And... I got like a shot of him, you know, just because he, he kind of passed right by. He was a really nice guy. And um, I remember going to Genevieve's, which was the place <laughs> oh, where you, because right. this is when we had actually had film, you know. Right. And, and I remember the guy behind the, the, the counter said, you got the best picture of Arnold of anybody. <laughs> you know, but I kind of had like just like seven eighths of his face or two thirds of his face. But I remember my next door neighbor um, was really funny. He was so committed to watching the filming that he literally would get there at 6 p.m. And then he'd stay till 6 a.m. And then he'd go home because I remember like going to work at like 7 in the morning. And my next door neighbor was like rolling back in from a tough night of shooting. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, so talk to me. Talk to me. Oh, we have one Mark, minute in the segment. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to say one thing about my man Dominic over here uh, and my wife were producing a uh, produced a movie called when, What Zizzy Gave Honey Boy. All right. And what we're talking about now, the guys from the garage, is the same thing. What we've lost a long time ago is, you know, like uh, people that remember things. Like you can go to somebody who's a relative of yours and they'll tell you this. You could always ask them a question. You had somebody that you could relate to. Now as people get older, the bridges fall down. There's no more. All right, let's I, do this. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to restart the third segment talking about all of that, all right? So uh, – we're continuing with the boys from Garage yet again from the studios of WCWP. We'll be right back. Hi, this is the great Tordini. You're listening to Richard Solomon on 88.1 FM WCWP. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is Richard Solomon taking care of business with the boys from the garage. Now, uh, we were talking about one of Arnold's movies, and the movie that I saw being filmed in Whitestone, Queens, was True Lies, thanks to the internet. Because <laughs> I, I would never, you know, under uh, under heavy pressure, I would never have figured it out, but thank God for the internet. All right, so Freddie was talking about, before the break, um, uh, Zissy and Honey Boy. So why don't you continue, because I... We didn't have enough time to really go with that. Okay, it was uh, Zizzy was Honey Boy. It was a, a book written by Gerald Salenti. A former um, guest of the show. Excuse me? He's a former guest on our show. Yes, so on the show, right. Up and, on our YouTube uh, channel. Part of it is uh, is going through the old days, how we used to dress. People used to dress up to do something. Used to, you know, uh, when they went to the theater, they went here. They, everybody looked like they were dressed, not like they were going into, you know, playing a game. Um, and that was part of and that was part of the thing that uh, the boys from the garage are doing. We're going over memories of and each one was feeding off of the other guy's memory. Uh, so now I was saying that that uh, my son in law over here, Dominic uh, he was one of the producers with my wife, Liz, and uh, I remember the and the, we the, had the we clip had beat the we producers. Had, we had uh, Doris Roberts, who played the title role of Zizzy, uh, one of her last films before she passed away. Uh, now it's streaming on what Amazon now? Yes, uh, actually, this week uh, Amazon we have it in distribution, so you can get it on Amazon, which is uh, which we're really happy. I mean, it took a couple of years to get into distribution, but uh, finally it's there. So you know, go to Amazon; you can find it there if you're interested. It's a great short film, and um, I think people would enjoy it, especially the guys from the garage. I mean, if you're into that, it's, this is a movie for you. And we did a whole radio show on that, and, that, and we actually had a. A show with Gerald Salenti. So can great I just stuff. say something about Gerald? Because you know, <laughs> you know, we produced this movie, and it took a long time to do it because he was a he was he was tough. I mean, I had brought the script to him about three times. The first time I brought it to him, he read it and he threw it at me, and he didn't like it. You know, he's not the easiest guy to work with. But I'm happy we made this film. I mean, it was it's just a great film, and and getting Doris on board was. And it was amazing. I mean, she was a total pro and she's a, a legend, you know, and for her to do it and with the budget we had, I mean, it was just remarkable that she agreed to do it. And, uh, you know, it's sad she passed away last this past April. But, um, you know, if you're a big fan of hers, you should really see it. All right. Now, speaking of, you know, family, you know, that, and, and I remember, I think in, in the Zissy and Hayboy book, I think they talked a little bit about food. They did. Yeah. And so let me ask to segue into the garage from that, you know, I heard about coffee, but, you know, a man cannot live by coffee alone. So what kind of food is like, you know, is it just a food truck? You know, you know, the guy with the, the you know, no, is that I it? Mean, or you, you actually have, have to remember, yeah. this is, this is a light, a light uh, something like we might have. Uh, it's continental breakfast. <laughs> continental breakfast. You got it, Richard. You know, it's surprising how you grasp right away. So basically, yeah. it's like coffee and entomans. <laughs> Not even. No, it's Italian biscottis. And, or sometimes somebody will bring a bagel. 
Oh, sometimes. Every time I've gone, there's been bagels. Bagels and That'll, black coffee. I've got to ask the question this way. <laughs> Just bagels? <laughs> not, not from the right place. Though. Oh, no, no. They're like, you know, it's the water. They're like, bagels, they're like, aren't, bagels aren't as good out there as they are in here. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I actually went to a supermarket. It's got to be like, the water. I saw like Thomas's was making bagels, and I'm like, stick to muffins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because um, I, I love Bialy's, oh. and I grew up um, – on the corner of where Bel Bialy is. And now he delivers, I think, all over the world and stuff. And people in Long Island, they wait online till it gets delivered to the store. You know, and then the mob, the mob scene? I, I mean, the mob scene? I got to ask you this question. There's a place off of Delancey Street. Kosar's. Right? Kosar's Bagels, yep. But they're, Amazing they're, noted, for, they're noted for their Bialy's. Yeah, and you know, it was... You, you, you do like the trifecta. You go to Katz's Deli, right. you go to Kosar's Bagels, and you finish up by going to Gus's Pickles and isn't taking that, lunch home. Isn't that called something? Uh, Lower East Side. No, but they call it like um, a food crawl. <laughs> like my wife called it something with a friend of hers that you do this like little run, like it's a little square, and you hit each place for the knishes and the pickles. Oh, you own a shimmel knishes. Yeah. And then Russ and Daughter's. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Russian daughters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great stuff. Yeah. Wine, it's in all in a circle. And yeah. then you we go to. We actually started in Wohop, though. I guess that was. Wohop. Uh, yeah. The only place to go for Chinese food. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I, See, I, now, you, that's you, how we work in the garage. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> however, however, if you're in, in that area, you go to Kanji Village. You get some Kanji. See, it, it's funny because when we first moved out here, we would go back to Brooklyn to the doctor, the Chinese food for Italian food. There were, I mean, we were here in 1987. There was no really decent restaurant in Suffolk County because we were in Mount Sinai. So we always used to go in. And the Chinese place that we go to here, I asked him, I said, well, where do you go? And he goes, I go to Wohop. Same, <laughs> same waiters are there for 40 years. Yeah. He goes, I wouldn't go anywhere else. And we still go. We'll, we'll meet friends. That's like the halfway point because a lot of friends live in Jersey, Staten Island. We'll meet at Wohop. Or we'll we'll do a run right from the house just to go. It's just something about it. It's that's Brooklyn. I mean, when yeah. we were kids, I, I I actually have a deal with one of my clients. It's really funny um, when I do litigation for this particular client down in the you know the Lower Manhattan courts. Um, I am allowed to go down and have Chinese food and bill them for it, <laughs> which what is really, really cool. What type of law do you do? I, I I do small business law. Oh, okay. so so every once in a while I'll go down. And, you know, I, I don't go extravagant or anything like that. So it's always like, you know, like a lunch special or whatever. But it's kind of funny because I put, you know, next to it, you know, the, the amount that I spent, you know, on the lunch. And I put a little smiley face because they're, they're nice enough to treat me to lunch. Well, if you it. go to Wohop, you know, they don't take credit cards there. So that's yeah. all right. cash only. Right. You got to go with cash. Right. No, I, 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 actually, I actually bring the receipt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to Wohop's show a lot less than Peter Lucas. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. So in the time that we have left, Dominic, all right, you're a food guy. You're totally a food guy. Let's let's share with everybody what you do and some maybe some little cool stories um, about I, food. I work in in TV production. I have my own uh, production company, but um, yeah, I'm a food guy. I'm labeled a food guy. Uh, it's a you know, if we have some time, I'll I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, when I started in TV production, I did mostly music. I loved working on music concerts, and um, then in the mid 90s uh, a network started called the food network and a friend of mine ended up uh, becoming a production manager there and i would go you know they were starting up so i would go and um there and i'd film restaurants i would go to restaurants and you know film in the kitchens and watch these chefs make these dishes and then they start they had it they built a studio and from there they started bringing chefs in and uh, we do shows out of that studio but from there, I kind of got labeled uh, like the food guy. You need a food shooter or whatever. And I enjoy doing it. I really like working with chefs and um, shooting food. So, uh, yeah, so I'm kind of like that's why I'm the food guy. But I've learned like a lot about food from working on shows. I mean, I grew up, my parents are from Italy. I ate great Italian food my whole life. Um, and we never really went out to restaurants because um, the better food was home. Yeah, it was yeah. home. I mean, I you know, I mean, look, so if I, I grew up in a story, if I wanted Greek food, I mean, I, I got great, you know, souvlakis or whatever. But um, yeah, I stayed home and ate. Well, why would I want to go out? But um, so I kind of got label, got that label, and from there, I just it just kind of uh, evolved. You know, I um, started working um, 
as a cinematographer on these shows. And uh, from there, I, I, um, I started directing. And uh, the last five or six years now, I've been directing a couple of food shows. One's on the Cooking Channel with Patti LaBelle. Um, it, which is uh, it's going the new season starts in in the spring, and for the I, for the past eighteen years I've worked with on Lydia's Italy, Lydia's Kitchen. I've watched that, sure. Yeah, on PBS. Um, which, my my uh, parents like that show. Yeah, it's yeah. a great show. It's a great show. It's it's a it's kind of like the the garage, you know. It's 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 like it's, it's about tradition. It's homey. It's about family. You know, Sunday afternoon sitting home, and just everyone around the table eating and. Uh, Cooking together, it's it's just a great show, and people love and it. And she's very relaxed. Yes, you know you don't feel like she's rushing anything. It's just no. hey, hey, you do this, you do that. It's you know? a, it's amazing. I mean, uh, yeah, she's very calm. I mean, she's great on camera. Um, she's a total pro. It's she's so easy to produce. I mean, we shoot that show with in one take, which is unheard of. I mean, we go through it. We don't reshoot anything. Um, she cooks. She knows how to you know turn ingredients towards the right camera she knows that the angles she has, it's it's amazing to work with her um and it's just and the best part about it is like you know a lot of shows you know, they have food stylists on there and stuff she does all her own food styling um she's totally involved everything you see on that show those beauty shots of food she she makes them um they're not shot afterwards um and then even after that, we get to eat it. So that's it's right, like, right. which that's, is amazing. Like that's our lunch. Like the crew lunch is what she cooks for the day. It, get, it goes out into the, and we have this back area where we all sit down and it's a small crew and maybe 15 people, 20 people, but we all eat everything she cooks and, uh, you know, it's, it's the best. It's like a, a dream job. So um, how shameless is the plate licking? <laughs> you know how many people tell me like, can I come? Just want to eat the food. You know, is there an audience? There's no audience, but, um, you know. Well, you can tell Lydia that I'm a fan. So You're a fan. You I tell her, tell, I'll pass tell it that along. Rich Solomon's a fan. Absolutely. Long-time fan. I'll pass it along. You know. um, any gags on the set? Anything that you know, kind of does a little edgy and fun? Well, uh, yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this one because Grandma, her mother's like 90. I think she just turned 94. Wow. God so and she, we bring her on the show. And the first uh, 13 years or 14 years, well, I would say the last four or five years, we've been shooting in Connecticut at a studio. Um but before that, we've shot at her house. Um, all those early shows are in her own kitchen. And Grandma, you know, lives in the house, so she's always walking through the shots. Like, you know, we'd have to, the only times we have to stop is when Lydia's cooking in the background. You see Grandma sweeping the driveway, you know, with the broom in the background. Like, oh, Grandma's back there. we got to get her out. But, um, well, that, that lends itself to tremendous yeah, authenticity. We all laugh. It's, yeah, it's totally, yeah, it's great. Like, I would love to leave that in, but it's just, you know, it just kind of distracts from what she's doing. So, um, but, like, one day, you know, we, I brought in, uh, well, the lighting director uh, brought in this, uh, it was a, a fart machine, you know. It was like this, it's, it had a remote control, it was just a little box with a speaker. And we would just, you know, we'd put it around the set and we'd just hit this button. So Lydia loved it, you know, and uh, she's like, oh, my God. So we put it in the kitchen right between where her and Grandma, we brought Grandma in for a segment. She would always come in for the dessert segments. She has a sweet tooth. She loves the dessert. So anytime Lydia made a cake or whatever we bring her on to taste and they talk and they you know they 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 pour a drink and uh you know that's how we would end the show so there was this moment where you know you know <laughs> cooking they're ready to taste and say goodbye and uh there's like silence for a second and i hit the button <laughs> on the thing and you heard this you know bark go off and there's just they both looked at each other and grandma just looked at lady go and says that wasn't me. That was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't me. So, like, we just started dying, and she, you know, she had this serious look on her face. But, uh, yeah, we have a great time on the set. And, uh, we, you know, Lydia took the machine. She kept it. She loved it. She was gagging everybody with it. So, so, so is there footage on a, on a blooper reel somewhere with that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. It's somewhere. And if it, 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 if it does exist, she has it. So <laughs> I don't think it's gotten out anywhere, but... Uh, what yeah. what, are, what are the, some of the favorite dishes that she's made that you've enjoyed? Oh, man. I mean, the pasta dishes are the best uh, for me. It's just, you know, I don't That's eat a lot good. of pasta because I just keep it on, you know. But when she makes it, it's just, it's all from scratch. It's it's just, it's unbelievable. It's fresh. You got to just have it as soon as it's made. So I look forward to those dishes. When we do a whole day of pasta, I just know I could, I look at the uh, scripts and the, the, uh, our schedules, and I'll, I won't eat for two days before wow. that episode. So, yeah. yeah. 
So what were your favorite dishes? Uh, you've got a couple more minutes. What, what were your fa- favorite dishes growing up? What was like the best? Let me ask Reed. What was the best homemade dish your mom made? She would, no matter what time I came home, she would make me a rib steak. Ah. And, and then what, I, were the, I, what were the sides? Um, I didn't, I just wanted a rib steak, but I, I remember cream corn. Okay. And it was just, there were times I, if I came home at three in the morning and she was up, because you never had cell phones, so she would call the diner to make sure I was there, because that was the meeting place at the end of the night. So she would call there to make sure I got there and I was okay, because there was no cell phones or anything. But if I came home, um, she would say, well, you hungry? And it could be three, four in the morning, and she would make me a rib steak. Wow. Because, again, we were talking about wall hops. We would go to wall hops like four in the morning sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah, and a friend of mine um, had a really late night job where they, they wouldn't like kind of close up the business till about like one. And I'd get like a phone call. Uh, and I'd be like, hey, we're going down to Chinatown. You want to come? And I'm like, it's one, man. <laughs> but they, you know, they, they were up to like three, four in the morning. Yeah, John, any- you know, we, we uh, as an Italians, uh, we always get together every, every, almost every other day. He, my grandfather, uh, we used to go, I used to go over to the house two doors away. And my grandfather always had food I'd never seen before, like Hapenzel or, or. Which is or, what? Uh, lamb brains. Okay. Lamb brains, uh, intestines from the cows. It, in, in Greek, they call it kafalia. Kafalia. That's okay. it, yeah. Um, I forgot you. Yeah, I, I know these things. <laughs> Pig feet. It's called, it's called research. Cow intestines. <laughs> you know, cow intestines. And, and he had this all ready for me. And he said, Joanne, sit down. Sit down. We're going to eat. 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 I said, okay. Uh, you know, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Not knowing what I was eating, but I enjoyed it. You know, my mother. Got talking to the mic. My mother was, uh, we had a dog, and my mother was making a sufrita, which is the the uh, organs of the the uh, cow, all right? And, the intestines. Uh, I think they call that kishkas. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, she was making it, and uh, my my father's uncle came over, and he says, Katarina, what are you making? She says, oh, for the dog. Oh, my God. He, took, he, took the, he took the hot pepper. He added it into the thing. They made it. We all ate it. The dog was looking like us. And then we finally gave the dog something. And then the dog had to rub his backside going down the block. Because <laughs> it was too hot for him. <laughs> all righty. Believe it or not, we are... Basically out of time, so I would like to say thank you all. Thank you. Anybody have like a 15-second parting comment you want to get in, you know, while the getting's good? Anything? You should, you should come visit the garage. All right, and where is the garage? The it's, garage is right down the block from me. <laughs> <laughs> right. what, what neighborhood are we in? Medford. 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 All right, Medford, New York. What's the zip code? 11763. There you go. All right. So I would like to thank Reed, John, Dominic. Thank you. And Freddie. And thank of course, you. Our producer, Liz, who made it all possible. This is Richard Solomon. Thank you. Our prior episode of From the Garage is up on YouTube. Uh, we play it every once in a while. And I'm sure the boys will be back again. So until next week, thanks for listening. And uh, be safe. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.